Okay, so uh, hi, it's Jeff Cooper, Classic Christian Rock Radio, and we have David Huff here uh, for an interview of David and the Giants. And uh, hi, David, how are you doing today? Doing great, and how about you, Seth? Not too bad. <laughs> uh, can you tell us about your musical background and what got you started? Well, my music background started back in Mississippi where, you know, I was brought up. Uh, I was around three years old. And I was brought up in a three jack, and my dad played country music. And uh, but he wasn't a full-time, you know, country music singer or player. Uh, but you know, he hauled logs for a living, and farmed, uh, you know, growing cotton. And so, when I was around three years old, it was like one day I spotted that guitar in the corner. Uh, and he'd gone to work, and I don't know, it just stood out to me. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life right there. Mm. And so when I was 11 years old, he bought me my first guitar, and I started off in country music, and I did country music until I went to college, and then I started playing in a rock and roll band, and we formed a group called David and the Giants. And I, I was writing songs, and uh, I did my first recording with a band in Florida. It was a song called Rock and Robin. Now this was before we knew the Lord, and uh, so then after that, uh, I met some folks in Muscle Shows, Alabama. That's where the Rolling Stones recorded Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. and I was sitting, I was sitting right there the night they recorded that song. Wow. And uh, Rod Stewart also recorded there, and I got to know him, uh, you know, not as, you know, calling him up, but in the studio, we got to know each other pretty well. And uh, that was around 1976. Mm-hmm. He did the Atlantic Crossing album, might have been 75. Mm-hmm. About that same time, I recorded uh, with United Artists Records. And um, our, our drummer that used to be Little Ricky on the I Love Lucy show had an, an, an experience with the Lord in around 74. And of, of course, you know, we thought he just kind of flipped out on something and he was going to be okay later. But anyway, he quit the band and came back around 1976, something like that. You know, I might be a little bit wrong mm-hmm. on exact time dates, but... Uh, I'm right on as far as what I'm telling you. But when he came back, uh, by this time, I was needing something in my life, and I didn't know it was the Lord. I, I I just knew that I was suffering from depression. And, you know, I mean, rock and roll wasn't enough for me. And, you know, the girl scene, you know, doing all the sins of the flesh and, and the drugs, it just wasn't enough anymore. And so... It caused me to start searching, and by this time, that's when the Lord had to send Little Ricky back. And one night, He witnessed to me on the way back. We just played for Mississippi State University, and uh, they had a party in Jackson, Mississippi, at a hotel there. And and we played. And on the way back, I was really loaded, and our drummer went with us. I uh, went with me actually, and it was just he and I. And I didn't know the Lord was up in there, but looking back, he was there all the time. 
But we were driving along there, and um, I was thinking, is this all there is to this life? And about that same time, Keith said, David, I want to talk to you. And I said, about what? He said, Jesus. And I said, I don't want to hear about Jesus. He said, no. He said, you got to listen to me. And so I just shut him out of my, my head, you know, and, uh, and we were driving along there. And all of a sudden, I realized I was actually listening to him when I thought I had him barcaded from my ears and my mind. He was talking about this Jesus. And I can't explain it, but as loaded as I was, the Lord sobered me up and and it was like I was feeling better just hearing about this Jesus. So that actually started me on my way. That was around 1976. It took uh, three car wrecks and getting uh, busted for drugs in Newton, Mississippi on April 15th, 1977. Shortly after that, I didn't give the Lord just a little bit of my heart. I didn't give him just a little bit of my mind. I gave him everything that I could offer. And I got to tell you, the wisest decision of my life happened 40 years ago this year. So, Jeff, you call it a good time. Amen. That's good. Oh, that's awesome. 40 years ago. Just amazing. So in 77, you did what I guess some people would call a reverse crossover. In other words, you were a secular band playing the clubs and the bars, doing covers and some originals. Is that right? And then you uh, decided to be a Christian band? Or how did that work for you? Well, now, when we first came to the Lord, you know, I wasn't going to play music anymore. Mm. I was going to lay it all down. I gave everything to the Lord. I mean, and that that included my 1952 Les Paul uh, Gibson guitar that I still have. And I laid it all down, and I was just going to, you know, teach guitar lessons and do ever what I I could do to, uh, you know, make a living. And uh, But during the meantime, I had contracts in the rock and roll world that I had to fulfill. Uh, it was it was actually June the 2nd, 1977, that I was buried with Jesus Christ in baptism. The old man died, Jeff, and I was buried. Mm. The Bible said we were buried with him in baptism. Mm. So that's what happened. The old David Huff died out to everything that I'd been doing for all those years. And uh, three days later, I received the Holy Spirit. That was June the 5th, 1977. Mm. And so when I came to know the Lord, I didn't plan on, you know, playing in churches or playing anywhere. I was just going to fulfill those contracts that I had to fulfill. I did call the United Artists Records, and I told them that I was only going to sing for the Lord. And, of course, that that wasn't popular in 1977. So my producer just hung up on me because he was mad because he'd invested all his money into me, you know. And so anyway, but, you know, the most important thing was for me uh, to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. And so all that said, I, I 
fulfill those contracts in, in the rock and roll world. Mm-hmm. And during the meantime, Jeff, I was witnessing. Man, I was a new creation up in up in these nightclubs, and hmm. we, we were opening for groups like Sticks and Cheech and Chong and, <laughs> and, and groups like that. Yeah. And But yet, I, I was telling everybody that I could find about Jesus. And, you know, uh, a lot of the clubs would actually, when they find out I was serving the Lord, a lot of them just emptied out, you know, and nobody wanted to hear about the Lord. So, uh, and then our pastor came to us, to the band. And, and when I say the band, by this time, it was just my two brothers and I uh, going to this local church there in Laurel, Mississippi. And the pastor called us to his office and said, uh, he said, two years ago, now I know a lot of folks might have a, problem with what I'm just about to say but that's okay but uh, the pastor said boys he said two years ago there was a prophet of the Lord that came through here and prophesied that there was going to be a band that was going to come here and get saved and they were going to go out on the road and win people to the Lord and sing their songs. Amen. He said, and this is what he said, I believe you guys are the ones that God called. He said, I thought it was going to be a country music band, he, you know, because he liked the country gospel, you know. Yeah. And he said, I know your style of music will be different for the church. He said, but that's, that's okay. He said, God would take care of it. And, of course, I wrestled with that because I, I said, Brother Morgan, I said, I only know one style of music. And I said, uh, I've already written a, a couple of songs. He said, take back up your instrument and use them for the glory of God. And the Lord would take care of the rest. Hmm. And so after I fulfilled my engagements, we went to Hammond, Louisiana. First place we went. And uh, our style of music it didn't appeal to everybody in 1977, mm-hmm. Jeff. <laughs> we we separated it. It was like the the Red Sea, you know, Moses. <laughs> I mean, we could see some. They they get up after a couple of songs and hit the door. But then, but then most of them would actually stay around and and because they knew it in in their hearts that we were very sincere about what God had done in our lives. And so, we the, our first thing was to try to win the lost. And after 40 years later, I can truthfully tell you, we're still on the same mission, mm-hmm. trying to see the lost saved. Yeah, that's awesome. How many uh, changes have you had in the band? I don't think too many, eh? From no. no. Actually, uh, Keith left, left us for a season mm-hmm. uh, around 1989, and my son Lance, uh, yeah. he came and, you know, was... Uh, the drummer, and he did an incredible job. But then we disbanded, as far as David and the Giants, around uh, 1997. Mm-hmm. And we didn't intend to get back together, but the Lord has, you know, his His ways are, and thoughts are so far above ours, but he saw that we would get back together and do dates around the, the country, and that's what we're still doing. Of course, I do solo projects yeah, yeah. and go out all the time. Yeah. So 
you um, you don't do cover tunes now. Uh, you did way way back. You did um, different, uh, I guess, rock and roll classics, and not. But you've always seemed to refer to the lyrics and song titles from classic rock uh, bands, as well as some of their styles. Is that right? Like for familiarity, or just as a point of reference? Well, you don't. We don't mean to. Um mean to you know copy anybody we like to be who we are by the grace of god but now there's one song that comes to mind that we were in a pizza hut in north mississippi singing and uh we were there and some young young folks heard us talking about the lord but if, if you're anywhere close around us anywhere we're going to be we're going to be talking about the lord mm. he's going to be because the bible says whatever's in the heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, you know, you can't be around somebody very long until you know where their heart is because every what they're talking about all the time is going to be where the heart is. So all that said, we were there in that pizza hut talking about Jesus, and we didn't mean to, you know, offend anybody, but we must have because these young young guys uh, got up and, and went to the jukebox and played I'm on the highway to hell. Mm. And they kind of looked over at us, you know, like laughing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I guess it was kind of a, uh, a rebuttal to that one particular song, you know, because we're not on that road. We used to be on that road and uh, we were blind. And but one day uh, the Lord allowed us to see the truth of the matter. And he is the way he is the truth. He is the life. He is the highway that we are on today the highway to heaven amen amen okay um oh i've got some here we go so tell us a little bit about your favorite tours or concerts any that come to mind well <clears throat> i guess i would have to say everyone because every one of them would be just a little different um but i guess i guess i'm always reminded of one testimony of um we were in Pennsylvania, and at the end of our our uh, concerts, we always give an altar call, and we always play a song called Noah. And so at the end, we played that song, and there was a young lady that came forward and gave her life to God. And uh, she stayed around, and she came to the band and uh, and wanted to talk to us. So, and she had another lady there with her. And so she started telling us what had happened, that she had already written a note that she was going to take her life this particular night. And already had written a note. And then this lady that, brought, that called her went by her house. And I don't think the young lady wanted to go, but this lady persuaded her to come and to hear this band from Mississippi. Well, this, this young lady, the best I remember, was from Alabama originally, but was living in Pennsylvania. And she stayed the whole concert, and when she heard the song Noah, she remembered as a little girl that, that she had heard that song on the radio and that song had touched her life in so much that, that she gave her heart to God. 
And for some reason, you know, the, the cares of this world can sweep you away. And so she was carried away with wrong things and wrongdoings in her life. But this one particular night, God brought back to her remembrance. She never knew who the group was, Jeff, mm. but she knew that she was touched through that song. And when she heard it, she had that familiar feeling mm -hmm. when she was a little girl and gave her life to God. But she gave her life to God that night. And I, I pray to God that she's still walking strong, going on with the Lord yes. and still on the right road. Amen. Yes, for sure. Um, turning the little page here, what uh, was your experience dealing with record labels in the CCM industry? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, That's why I'm asking. <laughs> let me see. Well, there's a lot I could say. Um, be gentle. But, uh, be gentle. But <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be gentle. Yeah. Um, I know they mean well, and um, uh, but you know, it's hard to be with a label when they want you to go one way when you feel like God's trying to pull you another way. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I know that going their way, there's always compromise to a certain degree um, because they're trying to sell. Uh, back then it was records, it was tapes, mm -hmm. it was CDs or ever what. And, 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 you know, their thing was, well, the more you sell, the more people you're going to draw to your, your concerts that you can minister to. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that. Yeah. I, I think everything has to have a, a balance, but you got to let God do the balance and, and make sure that it, it's not man and it's not somebody else, but it's, it's him that's directing the ship. It's him that's producing. It's him that's doing everything. The Bible says those that are led by the spirit are the sons of God. And, Sometimes it's hard to be led by God when man is trying to tell you, go this way. And so anyway, I have a piece in my heart that where I am today, as far as record companies, we, we do our own. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, Jeff, I can see the advantages of a record company. You know, they're able to get your your songs out there and quote make more money we didn't come to god to quote uh make ourselves wealthy here on this earth because uh, our wealth is <laughs> my brother was telling me earlier i hope y'all don't mind no. uh, but my brother rayburn we were talking earlier you know after church service he's back in mississippi my wife and i live in georgia mm -hmm. but uh my brother rayburn uh he had a situation health-wise that he went through about uh, eight years ago, and it was very serious, And but God brought him through. But through through this experience, while he was in the hospital, uh, you know, in ICU, um, he had a dream, and in the dream, it was like the Lord spoke to him that he was richer than Donald Trump. And so what, what the Lord was really saying was we... I don't know how much money you got in the bank, Jeff, uh, <laughs> but, but I can truthfully tell you one thing: if you if you uh, 
if you're serving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and storing up your riches up, up above, you're more wealthy than our president. And by the way, I love our president. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm going to get to meet him one day. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a dream about him way before he was elected, uh-huh. and I won't go into all that. And I know he's controversial, yeah. and uh, I understand that, but that's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but I believe that he's appointed uh, to do, do exactly where what he's doing right now and my prayers are with him just like any other uh person that leads in our country That's as far as in the government do, right <laughs> yes sir yeah. and, and so ever who ever who was in that office uh they're my president and uh i'm gonna be praying for them amen yeah so you prefer you've done a kickstarter is that right you've done one or two kickstarter or um uh, your own label, or how did you 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 just put out a a solo album? Uh, how did that come about? Was it a Kickstarter that you did? No, well, the Lord kickstarted yeah. it. <laughs> Another <laughs> way, yeah. So you're independent, basically independent label, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So do you prefer that opposed to the record labels? You have a little bit more say in it and as you put uh, a little bit yeah. more of god's leading because you know he's telling you what you need to do and it, it feel just feels better i would guess yeah you're exactly right i i, I feel at peace and and i'm not saying jeff if if some label came and was yeah. interested in i i wouldn't i wouldn't say but i will tell you this yeah i wouldn't just jump on it and and sign a, 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 an agreement because we go to God in prayer Amen. over everything. The Bible says it, to acknowledge Him in all of our ways, and He directs our path. But uh, you know, we signed with CBS Records in, I believe, it's 1982, and we came to the Lord in '77. And there were there were record companies that came and tried to uh, sign us. Uh, you know, right after we we got saved, but. We were not interested, uh, you know, in in going that route. We'd we'd seen so many, uh, you know, groups that that were that that's it's almost back then it was to us like you're selling out, you know, something uh, something very sacred by signing over to a label uh, because we wanted to learn about the Lord and we'd been with. MGM Records and Capitol Records and and you know my last label was uh, was uh, United Artists Records, but then Jeff, in the year of 1982, CBS started a record company called Priority, and and the uh, guy Buddy Huey was over the company, and he flew to Laurel, Mississippi, and wanted to sign us, and of course we were very very you know standoffish. And so I remember taking him to the airport, uh, and he said, David, he said, I don't know what it is. He said, but I still, he said, I, f- I feel like there's something standing between us and, and that you're, you're very, you, maybe you've been hurt or something. He said that that's uh, keeping you from, from being interested in signing with us. So he said, now I'm not going to be calling you back. He said, but just know this, that that we want to sign you with CBS records. And uh, he said, I'll wait if you call for you, but it will be your phone call. So Jeff, at that time, 
he kind of really, that was a great thing for him to put on me because I was so afraid to do the wrong thing before the Lord. And so in that regards, that's why he felt that little something between us. It was just that I was afraid not to, I, I, I'm afraid that I would not please the Lord without knowing, without a fact, that it was him that was uh, maneuvering every step of the way. So we fasted, we prayed for probably three months. Uh, I, I would say it was around three months. And the Lord showed us that we were to sign with that label. And we did. It was not a mistake at all. It was right on. And I could go into more detail, but I'll just say it was the Lord that that uh, gave us the nod to go ahead and go with that that group because uh, so many things came out of that one waiting on the Lord. If we'd signed with another label, uh, things just would not have been as they were had, had we not waited for the right time. Mm. So timing is everything. Mm. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so you're still recording. Uh, you put out a solo album. I love the titles of these albums. Uh, Born for This, I totally agree with that. And uh, David and the Giants album called Still Rockin', which is part live and some uh, new recordings. Um, yeah. Which, why, by the way, it sounds absolutely amazing. You guys have never skipped a beat. We just love it here Thanks. on the station. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what led to both of these albums and maybe some of your favorite songs on the albums? Okay. With the Still Rockin', um, we recorded... Well, actually, we were in Pearl, Mississippi, and we just did another live one there, too. But anyway, we were there, and uh, our sound guy had some recording equipment. He said, why don't I set up? And he said, and, uh, and we'll just record and see what happens. And so that's, that's how that album came about. And uh, so when he recorded it, we didn't even listen to it there uh, where we'd sung at, and so when I got back to my studio here in Georgia, uh, I, and he called me before I listened to it, he said, he said, brother, he said, you might want to give a listen to this. Mm -hmm. He said, it turned out much better than what I ever, ever thought possible, and so when I listened to it, I felt like that there was, there was possibilities there, and so there was a lot of things we had to redo over again, but through all of it, God really blessed that album, and, and we've seen some great things through that project, uh, and uh, we are still rocking, praise the Lord. Amen. And or as I'm born for this, um, you know, I feel like, Jeff, you got a great voice for speaking. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I went to radio school when I was uh, a senior in, in high school between my Actually, between my junior year and senior, we were off for three months, and so I went to a, a school in Memphis to study, and they tried and tried to get this, what you're hearing, you know, because I taught real country, uh -huh. but they, they tried to get it out, <laughs> and they tried to get me to sound like you, Jeff, but <laughs> hey, it didn't work, brother. That's funny. But I, I, was, I was on the radio for a, a year, mm -hmm. you know, as a disc jockey my senior year. Yeah. But uh, they let me go because I have a bad habit of saying, and uh, and 
And so my two brothers, Raven and Claiborne, they're with the band, David and Johnson too, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd get home from from the, the you know my radio show, and I, I remember one of them said, man, you're doing better now. You only said and uh, 40 times today. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but we were all born for something. Yes. And I thank God at three years old, I found my purpose as far as music. And after all these years, you know, I got to say that God was so graceful and merciful unto me that I found the purpose and the reason behind that guitar. And I, I just don't know. I can't say enough of thankfulness and, and, and just how appreciative I am to the Lord mm-hmm. that he would call me. And I've, I've asked my mom and dad before they went on to be with the Lord. And I asked my aunt before she went on to be with the Lord, who named me David? And to this day, nobody ever came up with an answer, who named me? But I feel like the Lord named me rightly. Mm. Hallelujah. Good. Because I am a man yes. after God's own heart, too. Amen. And uh, Bob and the Giants doesn't have much of a ring to it, does it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. So do you have a couple of favorite songs off your solo album? Well. It's hard to pick a favorite, well, right? It's really difficult, but I'll say that um, I think personally, but it's not everybody's favorite, Mm -hmm. but I think my favorite is when I see you. Mm -hmm. Um, It just kind of like came to me at a time that, so I think sometimes, you know, as a songwriter that we write songs unto the Lord and um, sometimes when we write a song unto the Lord, sometimes it ministers to the writer more than to the listener. And so that one particular song, but of course now, I've heard many people say that that, that particular song is their favorite also. It's laid back. I'm really a laid back person, but it doesn't come across in my music because uh, it, our music is pretty energetic. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your songwriting process and how you go about it? Do something you told us about a, a great story about the Highway to Heaven song. Uh, do you have any other uh, process that you go through? Do you purposely sit to write a song, or does uh, inspiration just come and you go, hey, I have to write a song about that? It really works different ways. I mean, you know, mainly every weekend I'm somewhere, my wife and I, she works my sound if I'm doing solo things, you know, and, and, but yet when I'm home, when I go to church here, my local church, uh, I'm always listening to the pastor, what he's saying. And sometimes, you know, there might be a little phrase there that just sparks something. I always write it down. Um, I've had dreams, uh, you know, of, of different thoughts along the way. Um, you know, like the song, Here's My Heart. Um, I had a melody back before I knew the Lord. And it was like, I get up, I get down, I get high, I get low. And then, I, I that was before I knew the Lord. And then, when I was writing the melody, da, 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 uh, my brother-in-law had seen this little plaque, and it said, 
here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. Here's something only you can hold. And so that song became Here's My Heart. Now, um, there's like stumbling block to a stepping stone. I don't know if you play these songs or if yours is more on the rockier side. We do play um, a few ballads, absolutely. I think uh, most of your albums, I think everything we, I think everything's in our uh, library, and uh, sometimes we pick some of the rockier ones for rotation. But I'm, I know they're all there for request. I had a good look, so yes, I'm sure we have that one. And if we don't, we we could use it for sure. Yeah, well, okay. Another song, mm-hmm. uh, always on my mind. Mm-hmm. That particular one came about when I was in uh, at the dentist office, and this the dentist was working on my teeth, and he was hurting me pretty bad. Ooh, yeah. And but and so uh, I was thinking while he was drilling on my teeth that I and I was thinking, you know, you can think and have a conversation with the Lord because He knows your thoughts. And so I was thinking, Lord, you know, during times like this. Uh, you're on my mind, but really, you're always on my mind, even when I'm not here in a dentist chair and going through pain that I think about you. I think about you all the time. You're always on my mind. Mm. And when I thought about always on my mind, I was thinking, now that sounds like a song title. So I was so excited about it uh, that I stopped the dentist and I said, the Lord just gave me a thought for a song. He said, what's that? I said, always on my mind. Obviously, he didn't know the Lord. It didn't take him long. He stuck that thing back up in my mouth and kept on drilling. But when I got back to the piano, uh, you know, out of the dentist's office, I went on back and I started on a song called Always On My Mind. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one. Um, How about recording process for you? you, Which do you like? Which do you enjoy better, live, in concert, or studio, or both? And what would you like about each? Well, we just did a live DVD mm-hmm. in the St. Louis a- area. And um, it's our 40th anniversary. It'll be coming out, Lord willing, around the first part of December. And I'm just now on the last song mixing it. But it's it's a real process and it takes a lot of work doing a live uh, project. I mean, uh, you know, most people might think that when you do a live album that that that's it right there. But it's it's a lot of behind-the-scenes work to make it, you know, that you're happy with it, that you feel like you, you've done your best unto the Lord. And so in the studio, you know, I, I think it's a lot more relaxed. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I would prefer, you know, in, in the studio because you're able to work through the process of getting every instrument the way exactly you want it, uh, where in live applications, um, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you, you're being rushed just a little bit here and there to, to get a sound and, mm-hmm. um, and in the studio, like like I said, it's more con- controlled. You don't have to worry so much about bleed over. Your guitar might be too loud for on stage, you know, for the drummer, and you got all this this bleed 
uh, bleed over, yeah. you know, from one instrument into another. But it's just more controlled in a studio atmosphere. Yeah. And so I guess I, I would probably prefer that more so. Yeah. But now this, this new album, I got to tell you, Jeff, to yeah. God be the glory, yeah. is, is one of the most... I guess you might say it would be my favorite because God supernaturally really blessed it. And I have a recording console here. Uh, I wish I could tell you the whole story, as you yeah. can probably tell. I'm excited about oh, what God's great. done. Yes. But this recording console that I have back in 1973, 74, is when I recorded with MGM Records. And I have a friend named Keith Olson. He produced a group called Fleetwood Mac. Oh, boy. And I went, to, I went to see him while I was there. And I said, man, how are you getting that drum sound? He said, it's that recording console. I said, what kind is it? He says, it's a Neve 8068. Well, to God be the glory, after all these years, in 1992, I went to Toronto, Canada, mm. and found the dream recording console it's a neve 8068 and it's sitting right here in my studio that's a good plug for that excellent <laughs> praise god amen so i was going to say too when you're in studio uh, if you didn't like the guitar solo you can go back and do another one right exactly but once you're on stage you go okay that was it <laughs> it's done <laughs> <laughs> well well you don't actually uh if if you do it this way when you're doing your live DVD, if you put the same microphones to the same preamps and you have the same settings, that when you get back, then you're able to match up sounds that, that if you made a little blunder on one of the notes, then you're able to go in there and fix that one note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, recording years ago, I play, I'm a drummer. And I remember we forgot a couple cymbal crashes. We went right back and put them back in. <laughs> you would never have known <laughs> listening back later. So I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, let's see here. Um, one thing I noticed, and we talked about this earlier, you did. Uh, in your songs, you don't hold back on the gospel message. And you don't try to write songs that could be taken two ways. Like, I love Jesus. I love my girlfriend. Those kind of things. It's a clear, bold yeah. message, which we really appreciate. Tell us a bit about that, and why not just write that song for the secular market, get that great big hit? <laughs> well, you know, I can see both sides. Mm -hmm. I can see that if somebody wanted to do a song that's pretty generic and just put you in there, uh, I love you, and, and you know, and it, it could cross over. It could be, you could be Jesus. You could be uh, Karen, but, you know, God knows who you wrote it for. <laughs> so there's, you can't pull the wool over his eyes because he knows everything. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, the song Here's My Heart actually crossed over. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you that story, too. Go ahead. But let's, let's hear that one. <laughs> you ready? Sure. Okay. We're ready. Well, when we did the song Here's My Heart, uh, it was the last day mixing and i got that one mixed and i thought i don't think i'm gonna put that on on the album i don't think it really fits and so uh the guy that was that was with the benson company they were doing our distribution he called that same day 
And uh, I told him, I said, oh, I'm finishing up today. And I said, oh, by the way, I'm going to drop that song, Here's My Heart, because uh, I don't feel like it really fits the album. He said, man, he said, you need to put that one back on there. He said, that's your radio song. Uh. And so it didn't take much convincing because I knew he knew more about it than I did. So we put it back on there. The same place that makes our CDs back then also made secular CDs too. Mm. And so they put the wrong label on one of our CDs. They put Virgin Records, uh-huh. Soul to Soul. And so I understand there was only a couple that was mislabeled. So one of those ones that was mislabeled, of all places that it would have landed, was at Virgin Records in Hollywood. They gave it to the radio promotions guy. He hopped on a plane, went to Columbus, Ohio. There's a station there called WNCI. It's known for breaking records, you know, and if they play your song, it's an instant hit. Well, the guy gets there with, it looked like Virgin Records, Soul to Soul, had the label on it, but on there was really us. Hmm. They just mislabeled it. So. He said, play cut number six to the guy with uh, with the radio station. And so he played the song, and the guy with the radio station said, man, you got a hit song right there. Wow. And so the guy with Virgin Records said, let me see that. He said, man, I know it says Soul to Soul, Virgin Records. He said, that's not Soul to Soul. No. And the guy with the radio station said, well, he said, it's a hit song. He said, I know what. He said, let's just go put it on the radio and we'll ask our listeners who this mystery group is. <laughs> the devil's always messing up. Yeah. So he put it on the radio and he said, if you know who this group is, call in, please, and identify. Well, man, all of a sudden, different ones were calling in. One guy called in. Man, I recognize that voice. That's Billy Joel. <laughs> Somebody else called in, said, "Oh no, man! Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of who the other group was. It was another group. Yeah, Holly Notes. Yeah, Holly Notes. Okay, <laughs> I can see that. And so it went on like that. And then somebody called in and said, "Look, you played that song a while ago. Something about Here's My Heart by You Don't Know Who, and." And I and, and and the lady was kind of like crying, and they sent us a tape, by the way. And she said, when you played that song, I got goosebumps all over me. Hmm. She said, please keep playing it. Well, the next call came in. This guy called in and said, man, you're playing gospel music on your radio station. <laughs> and so, hey, they jerked it off. It was a hot potato then. Yeah. But the phones kept lighting up. The faxes kept coming in. And the guy gets back on the radio and said, "Look, stop calling here for that song. We're gonna we're gonna put it in a contest every Sunday for four weeks. Uh, uh, we're gonna have it in a contest. If it wins for four straight weeks, then we'll put it in our regular rotation. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks be to God, <laughs> it it beat out everybody for four straight weeks. It went on to be number one wow. on that." radio station and you know it it didn't just stop there it went all over the united states Mm -hmm. in different parts Mm -hmm. and we have 
we have disc jockeys today that play gospel music and they use that song here's my heart by god convicting their hearts uh to to go and start playing uh christian music instead of the music that they were playing mm. and so so many things happen out of that but god doesn't make mistakes well we'll have to make a note of that and make sure that's in heavy rotation i seem to remember hearing that like our station up here i'm in vancouver british columbia in canada and i am sure i heard that song and then of course recognized it later um on your album so i think it went quite further than the usa (laughs) well actually it did we heard many many places Mm -hmm. uh and canada was one of them absolutely also peru Mm -hmm. yeah that's great um so what are your immediate plans with David and the Giants? You're mixing uh, DVD. You um, were talking, when is that came, coming out again? You gave me the date, December? Yeah, around the first part of December. Oh, wow. Merry uh, Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. I, people can go to uh, the website, davidhuff.com, and uh, we'll keep you updated as far as when it will be available. But Lord willing, it'll be the first part of December. And Jeff, we've done many things for 40 years musically, but I have to say this will, you know, to me, be the greatest achievement uh, of our entire ministry. And God's going to use this to save many, many people. I really believe this with all my heart. God's going to use this. We're going over, hopefully in Jesus' name, we're going uh, around April uh, into other countries, we're going to be going to, um, like the Philippines. That's in April, mm-hmm. and we also supposed to go to Ireland. Oh, my home, ca- my homeland. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. I was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So, I hope you make oh, it there. Wow, that's awesome. And I hope you come up to Canada sometime. The last time I saw you was back in the 80s. Uh, you were at a festival in Washington State. Um, I think it was called Summerfest. I'm not sure. There was different ones. Um, Jesus Northwest was the yeah. other one. Do you recall anything back then from that? Uh-huh. Yes. And I remember yeah. sitting there. I was in my 30s. <laughs> and I was yeah. waving, and you guys all waved at me. So that was very cool. And you were just getting off a bus to get uh, backstage and do some, I guess, uh, tune up your guitars and whatever you do. Or it, it was actually quite early in the day, so you weren't due to come on till later. So they were probably just dropping off to your, uh, I don't know, um, trailer that uh, to stay in and hang out. Well... I do remember uh, Michael W. Smith was, I think, there. Yeah. And Amy Grant, mm-hmm. uh, Marlon Lefevre. Right. Yeah. I, I just talked with him the other day on the phone, too, by the way. Oh, he's uh, cool. I'd love yeah. to. I'm going to try and talk to him soon, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. He's a thrill. And I think uh, if DeGarmo and Key, were they there? I think they were. I think so. And pr- I think yes. way back. Uh, Leslie Phillips might have been around that time as yeah. well. But uh, and do you remember uh, Daniel Ban, my good old Canadian pals? Who I've, oh yeah, I've never met them. I just call them my Canadian pals. I do believe they were there as well. And yeah, yeah. 
So that's wow. awesome. Good times, good memories. <laughs> they okay. really were. Mm-hmm. And thank God you're still making memories here. Well, that's our, the whole point of our program. Our uh, station is 24-7, and we are trying to keep the music alive, as we say. And we've got ministry spots, and we have, we're trying to get the gospel out there. And uh, uh, we've got lots of, we've got Luis Palau, and we've got um, Ken Ham, and different uh, ministry spots throughout the day instead of just commercials. So uh, it's a, a good way to be, and it's on the Internet, so it's all around the world. And, uh, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, we have listeners way over in uh, Sweden. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm very serious. And I think we have one in Peru. As you mentioned, Peru, uh, really amazing where people uh, call us from or send us a message. Or we have a chart we can see where the it lights up, I guess, and shows you all around the world. So it's a little uh, different than... The land uh, radio stations, which I used to do years ago, uh, it's actually more exciting because you can, the, the possibilities are endless where you can go, you know? So it's wonderful. It wonderful. So I really appreciate this, uh, David. Amazing to finally get a hold of you. Uh, technical difficulties with good old Skype, but this seems to be working well. I really appreciate the time. I really do.